Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about 49ers news because there's a lot circulating right now. And as we get closer to training camp, I figure it's only going to pick up with decisions that still need to be made about Jimmy Garoppolo, D Ford, or otherwise just people talking about what should happen with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that is a very accurate. Ant. There's a lot of things that need to get done there in, in that scenario. And look, uh, always believe in yourself. Uh, the name of the site is easy. It's, it's 49ersCutbackShop.com. It's really Really simple. You can find all the the cool merch, like that cool hat, and then that that cool shirt, and and then this this cool shirt. All, all of the shirts, all of the things that you need, you get at forty dollars cutbackshop.com. So head on over there, and as Ant likes to say, peruse a little bit and yeah, pop yourself some uh, some sweet forty dollars cutback gear. Uh, but yeah, look, there's a lot of stuff happening in forty ers land, and a lot of news and, and conversations, and the uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo rumor well swirling and and starting to bubble over with excitement for fans maybe and and potentially actually things happening in that regard yeah former 49ers quarterback no not steve young uh but david carr has come out and said he believes that you know dabble and what's going on there in with the new york giants that they should be interested in acquiring jimmy garoppolo and not to count them out so potentially uh the, the new york giants have emerged as a potential landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, when you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who has definitely not proven that he's a capable starter in this league, there's always room for improvement. And Dabble's going to want to get off to a good start. He's going to want to be able to bring in players and and be able to do the things that he wants to do. And I don't know if Daniel Jones can meet those expectations. Jimmy Garoppolo is a proven winner in this league. He's a guy that you know can win football games and help you get to the playoffs if you need it. Um, So I think Jimmy would be an option for the New York Giants. And so 
I've we've talked about this for weeks now. I mean, that the New York Giants were always a possibility, maybe not to this amount where it's starting to become, you know, more that people are talking about it along with the Cleveland Browns. So, Alex, what do you feel about this? Do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo landing with the New York Giants is plausible or is this just one of those things where they're trying to find a landing spot to put Jimmy Garoppolo? Look, the reality is, is that it is a possibility. And the reason it's a possibility is all the things you just said and things you just talked about. Um, at the end of the day, the the situation here with Jimmy Garoppolo is is that of circumstance and convenience for some teams, as well as circumstance and convenience for the 49ers. So it all has to line up and it all has to make sense. Uh, Jimmy's money has to make sense for the Giants. Uh, Dabble has to want to get someone in who he believes can run his offense and execute the things that he needs. Uh, Jimmy is going to have to, you know, at some point in time, give up something. There's a sacrifice that has to be made on his end, whether that's being a starter, whether that's the amount of money that he's making, uh, whether that's the longevity of contract, right? Teams may want him to take a pay cut, but not want to sign him to a long-term deal or extend him multiple years into the future because they may not view him or see him as their future quarterback. So he has choices that he's going to have to make and sacrifices he's going to have to give up as well. And then after all that said and done, after Jimmy has made sacrifices, after the Giants and Dabble have figured out what they want to do in terms of, is this the option at quarterback? Is this thing you want? Is, is this the guy we need? Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are also going to have to make sacrifices because they've kept saying from the start, Ant, that they want specific things. Ant, they want specific things. They want certain things. They want something for Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, they may or may not get it. Yeah, I think their perfect scenario is to be able to get something back for Jimmy Garoppolo all the while not losing or not having to take on any of his money. They want to be able to get rid of all of that salary if they're going to miss out on having Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, under contract and on this team, because I do believe they would love to have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, the player on their mm-hmm. roster, but not for, you know, the $27 million he currently, you know, counts against the cap for. So finding that way to move him on into a good situation, because I think they always want to put their players in good situations, especially someone like Jimmy that's been an absolute, you know, savage for their organization. He's done a lot of things for them. They understand what he's meant to this organization. They want to put him out there and do right by him. And I think they know that the locker room is counting on the 49ers to do right by him because Jimmy has a lot of, carries a lot of weight in that locker room. So I think them seeing that the 49ers are going to do right by Jimmy will also, you know, help the other people in the locker room feel good about their situations when their time comes. Um, so they're they're weighing and working through all of this, and all the while they're just wondering, can we get something back while we move Jimmy Garoppolo onto a good situation? Uh, very true. It's an interesting uh, conversation, and it's an interesting dynamic and, and just thing that's happening there. I'm, I'm not 100% sure um, you know, what the 49ers are thinking they want to do or could do or where things need to go or how they want to to get this situation resolved. But at the end of the day, it's going to either come to a head and this is going to to happen by the time we get to season or it may not. And that's the other thing that we need to keep in mind is that, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said this and they've stated this time and time again. They want something for Jimmy and they have no problems holding on to Jimmy. They even have gone so far as to say, uh, look, we're not dealing. We're not dealing him with nothing there. We're not going to cut him if we don't get what we want from him. We'd rather hold on to him. Now, is this a bluff? Is this... You know, just something that they're doing to to show strength or try and show strength, possibly, maybe. But I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sure one way or the other. But I do know this. I, I know this. They want something. Now that something used to be two twos. It used to probably be at least a second round pick. That something has probably changed, which is why they're not coming out and specifically stating what it is. 
but they want some sort of compensation that they feel that makes sense for them to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo because Steve Young said it best. He was talking about this today again. Um, it does make sense for a little bit of time for the San Francisco 49ers ant to not necessarily move off of Jimmy right away because it is a great backup option should anything happen to Trey Lance. It ensures that your team is going to be right in the same spot that you were in last season. Yeah, definitely. And 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 thanks, everyone, for letting us know about chat. We're having a little bit of problems with our Restream app. Um, so if, if we can get that up, we will. Uh, but we appreciate everyone jumping in and, and talking to us about that. And also, I'd like to say shout out, Paul. Um, sorry I didn't get back to you over the weekend. I have been ill all weekend. Uh, they tell you go to the doctor to get well. Apparently, I went to the doctor to get sick. Uh, so uh, I, will I will definitely get to you as soon as I can. This is about the best I've felt in the last... I don't know, 48 to 72 hours. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, there's just consistent conversations that are, are going to happen, you know, until he's either on this team officially or moved on. And I think the 49ers are still looking for the best situation that's going to gonna work for them. And until they find it, uh, they're just going to continue to look. And I do think once he's cleared, that's when the ball's really going to get moving. That's when we're going to start seeing if it's going to be Seattle, you know, if it's going to be um, the Cleveland Browns. I think they're waiting on Deshaun Watson. And then you've got, of course, you know, now the New York Giants potentially uh, kind of over the weekend, I did hear some things that the Houston Texans are more officially out on this. They're not interested in having Davis Mills as the backup, but are more you know excited about uh, Davis Mills as a starter. So not really looking to take on the extra salary or give up draft capital for Jimmy Garoppolo. Look, it, it kind of makes sense. I, I understand what they're, th- they're getting at here. Um, it, it's a lot to bring in a guy and, and pay that kind of money. Uh, but also at the end of the day, uh, if you're if you're. If you're the the Cleveland Browns, at the end of the day, you're looking at this going, is there a chance that Deshaun Watson could also only get suspended for a portion of the season? And there is. There is a chance. And Deshaun has come out and said, his team has come out and said, they're going to take this to federal court if they have to and tie this thing up in even more litigation. And that may do the same thing that the whole, uh, if we remember just, it wasn't a few years back. It was a little bit more than that. But Ezekiel Elliott went through the same sort of thing where he got injunctions placed on said suspension and was going to be eligible to play. And then injunctions got removed and then put back on. And it was just a back and forth uh, ordeal. And then he eventually ended up just sitting out and taking the suspension and taking the punishment. But his team, his his advisory tried to do a similar sort of thing in his scenario. Um, precedent has kind of been set on this. It's probably not a good scenario or a scenario in which it's going to end up, you know, working out in Deshaun Watson's favor in terms of not having to to not having to I guess do the time for whatever he is being alleged of of doing and what the NFL is whatever punishment they levy for said circumstances and situation but at the end of the day the, the NFL has to also make a decision because if they don't feel like their their decision could be rock solid in terms of whatever evidence or whatever leads them to make said decision, then this could be something where they end up having to pay out over time as well. So there's a twofold dynamic there. And for Cleveland, that means uncertainty. You don't want to have to pay more money than necessary. So why even take the risk? You have Jacoby Brissett, look for another option to back him up in case something happens. And you hope that that the circumstances are minimal, right? And this ends up being five or six games instead of a, a whole 17. Yeah. And we got some good questions. And Dan Rostick said, if Jimmy goes to New York, what happens to Tyrod Taylor? He's the backup quarterback. Yeah, I think Tyrod Taylor is the backup quarterback, and then I think they move on from Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is a tradable piece. I think someone would be interested in taking him on and making him a backup quarterback there 
with you know seeing what's there i mean atlanta for instance why wouldn't they go out and trade for a daniel jones a young player that could go in there behind marcus mariota they could test him out for a year i mean we've kind of seen this happen right uh this is something that happened to josh rosen people were willing to take him on and see what he could become because he's still a top 10 pick uh so i i think you're right daniel jones uh could be the you know could be the move tyrod taylor could be there that makes sense and then lou says aunt alex my question is what difference does it make if jimmy asks for his release you keep Jimmy on ice until he's traded, or you release him one minute before salary becomes guaranteed. Uh, maybe or <laughs> Lou, maybe you just hold on to him because uh, paying twenty four million dollars to make sure that you have a quarterback that can get you to an NFC Championship game slash Super Bowl is a uh, worth the price. I mean, if you if you believe, if you truly believe that this team can win a Super Bowl with Trey Lance, right, and get at least get to a Super Bowl with Trey Lance then you have to think that Jimmy Garoppolo can do the same thing for you, seeing as he was just there twice. You, you, you were at the doorstep, and the team is better around him. Yeah. Right? The team is better around both guys than it's ever been. So why, if Trey can get you there, why couldn't Jimmy get you just as close, if not, you know, I don't want to say further, but just as close, if not the same as what he's done already. He 100% can, especially if healthy. For the 49ers, they may be looking at this in terms of, we could keep that $24 million and roll into next year. That's great. But, we could also spend that $24 million and on a quarterback that we know can get us there. And if something were to happen to Trey, we have this guy sitting there ready to go. Here's the other thing is we don't know if Jimmy will pass a physical come the start of the season. And if he's not close to passing a physical or can't pass a physical, even if he's throwing, that doesn't mean necessarily he passes the physical in other areas because yeah, you can throw, but maybe there's an issue in terms of durability and, and fatigue. And everyone talks about arm fatigue with Trey Lance. Maybe there's arm fatigue with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe there's some structural issues and some other things happening and he can't pass a physical top to bottom. And if that happens, then you can stash him on the pup list to start the year off. That money's not counting off the cap right away while you wait to see what happens and, and play this thing out. Yeah, I mean, Don Yee, his agent, thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo is not only going to be cleared, but is going to be traded by the end of the month. Oh, uh, that would mean training camp. But you're right. If he's hurt still, you go ahead and you put him on the pup list. Uh, so then the 49ers could actually buy time and there could be an injury that comes along with a starting quarterback that makes Jimmy Garoppolo's worth and value so much higher. They don't have to make a move with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is the interesting thing because of all the money they had available. They're able to hang on to all of his contract. I didn't think it was possible heading into free agency. I didn't think they were going to have room for Jimmy Garoppolo's $27 million contract, but they do. Um, so it gives them a lot of opportunity to wait, see what the best situation is, and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo at the necessary time. Now, if they see fit to not move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, they could definitely do that. But I wouldn't grant Jimmy Garoppolo a release, and that's one thing Steve Young said, that the that you know the 49ers, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could go to them and ask for a release. I wouldn't grant it, because why would you grant his release and let him go pick where he wants to go? Number one, he could end up in the Pacific Northwest playing for the Seattle Seahawks, and you get nothing in compensation. Um, why not make them pay if he's going to end up being there? I think the 49ers want something in return. They do want to free up that money. But at what cost? I, I think at some point they will be able to work out something, and then this will all be behind us. Uh, but we're, we're just not there yet. And it doesn't seem like we're going to come to resolution anytime soon, even though 
I keeps thinking that it's going to happen at some point. Uh, Lou, to your question, uh, it's a it's a solid question. There's just one thing that you're forgetting in all of it. Uh, why not spend the $24 million on extending our players? Because you don't need the $24 million to extend your players. You can add that money to future years and don't change a cent of what you're spending on them right now. In fact, in some cases, you could even lessen their money by turning it into signing bonuses and other things of that nature that spreads throughout the years and actually lower the number this year. So not necessary. And the other thing is, is or getting a veteran center to help Trey. Well, here's the thing. The Niners haven't made that move. And the only guy that's out there is J.C. Treader, who has bad knees. So... $24 million taking it and spending it on a guy that's not 100% healthy that, healthy that won't be Alex Mack or rolling with the guys you have in-house already that you're already comfortable doing anyway. The Niners are comfortable doing that, whether that $24 million is there or not, and making sure that you have a viable option behind Trey. That's all I'm saying is the Niners may be viewing it that way. That $24 million doesn't really buy them a lot of things that they want right now. There's, there's nothing that they're looking at around the league or in free agency and sitting there going, hey, you know what? Mm, that would be really nice right there. It would be, be great to have right here right now. They're, they don't, they're not seeing it that way. They've built their roster, this roster a specific way with the pieces they currently have, the guys they currently have, and are going, hey, you know what? Um, maybe having Jimmy around. I mean, listen, is it ideal? No, it's not ideal, but... Uh, there are worse things. You could have no quarterbacks. Yeah, and and Mr. Day Day four six four one says uh, cap space this year doesn't help us extend players whose new deals start next year. I mean that's part of it with sure. Debo Samuel and and there was rumors that maybe they've just started discussing a new contract with Nick Bosa this week as well. Um, those deals are going to be added onto their rookie deals uh, because adding on it keeps the number low for the next couple of years and then you're able you know to move on and have a bigger deal along the way. So I think it it works out for the 49ers, especially in Debo's case, to actually bring his money down a little bit this year. True. Um, but do they need that money right now? For whatever reason, they've been able to work it out. If they felt they needed that money, they they needed to move on from Jimmy a lot long time ago so they could have brought in some other players they still built one of the top five 90-man rosters in the entire nfl uh i think this is a really good football team so i'm i'm definitely excited about what they're doing i just wonder when we're going to come to resolution uh very true uh jag two dollar super chat at tcc can you trade jimmy g sometime during the season absolutely you can absolutely yeah you can i think the bigger question with trading jimmy garoppolo during the season has to do more with is he on the pup list and then gets cleared and then you trade him because he will have to become a part of the active roster. I believe to trade him. That will be something because you want to keep Nate Sudfeld on the, on the roster. You don't want to, you don't want to have to lose Sudfeld to keep Jimmy unless Jimmy's going to be your quarterback the entire year. Cause if you move on from Sudfeld and he lands somewhere else, then you run the risk of when you trade Jimmy Garoppolo during the season, You've got Brock Purdy or somebody else that you have to come bring in off the street to be your backup quarterback. Oh my God, Josh. I don't, oh my God, Josh Rosen. <laughs> yeah, and you went from having a great court or or Nick Mullins. You went from having a great quarterback situation with three guys you felt comfortable with being in that quarterback room to one. So you got to be really careful about how you handle this. Lou, as to how many games they missed last year, <clears throat> one less than George Kittle. There you go. Yeah, I mean, That's for you, Lou. yeah, guys, guys miss football games. I, I think, you know, I mean, everyone can agree, right, that Jimmy Garoppolo is consistently hurt. He's, and he's consistently missed more games. No one here has, and I was saying, no one in the TCC on this show has ever said that that's not the case. In fact, it is the leading cause for why Jimmy Garoppolo is not a 40, like he's not in the 49ers futures plans. If he doesn't get hurt in 2020, you get to the NFC championship game in 2020 and you get to the NFC championship game in 2021. We're not having this conversation. Trey Lance isn't even on the roster because you're not high enough to trade up for that pick. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's okay. If 2020 doesn't happen, if Jimmy doesn't get hurt and that team plays better, 
You're right. They're not within striking distance to get Trey Lance. We're not having this conversation. I mean, I went back and watched the playoff games just recently, the the, the Dallas one from the wild card weekend, Mm -hmm. and then the divisional against Green Bay. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if healthy, the 49ers would have definitely played a lot better. But you could tell Jimmy was struggling. He was missing receivers. And you could tell a lot of that had to do with injuries. Um, And that's why you have Trey Lance. But giving Trey Lance a nice backup and giving Kyle Shannon a backup that in case Trey goes down for whatever reason, that can still win football games is what this team needs because this team is a compete right now while Mm -hmm. building for later team. This isn't a a team that has to build now. They're not in a Los Angeles Rams win now window, but they're also not in a build for later window like the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's one of those things that they're reloading. You're a a tweener. You're literally in between both things right now. And this is the problem. This is why you and I, this offseason, were hoping that there was going to be this realization of how close you are, even though you're a tweener team, how close you are, and just going a little bit more towards the win-now phase because you have a lot of draft picks. You still have a lot of young players. The salary cap's going up. You're going to be able to re-sign all your young players. So you can still you can try and operate in both worlds and even lean a little bit more one way or the other. They're still kind of operating in that tweener phase, and that's the question we have, right, is when? When will the time come where they can be like, hey, you know what? Let's just make sure we get one right now. And and Lou Lou clarified, and Lou, now this makes a lot of sense. Zero. I meant how many games did J.C. Treader miss last Zero. Year? And that's a good point Zero. because that was the thing, right? No one really knew that Treader was having knee issues outside Correct. of his current situation there in Cleveland. Every Nobody knew. Uh, I know I didn't know until it was reported can, by can, Brian Peacock. Can we be honest? So, Lou, uh, this is this is a great point. I love this point. J.C. Treader did miss no games last season, right? And it's always about you know what you've done. What you've done also matters. But also, me, uh, the other thing that comes into equation is what can you be and what are you now? There is a reason the Cleveland Browns moved off of J.C. Treader. There's a reason he hasn't been re-signed by anybody else. We all thought it was guaranteed money, and that may have played a part in it. But maybe those knees aren't as good as everyone thinks they are. And we don't have access to the medicals. We don't know how bad it is. Maybe it's pretty bad. It could be. I mean, there, there's got to be something in the treader lane. Um, I do I, I do like the fact he's still out there. Because if something happens with Brendel in that situation, yes. you can turn to him and be like, you know what? This guy ain't going to practice for us all year long. We're not going to have He's not going to practice at all. He's not going to practice, but he can line up and play games. True. You just you worry about that a little bit with chemistry with Trey Lance. 100%. Where with Brindle, you have you already have chemistry with Trey Lance. That's not something you're worried about. Uh, it's one of those interesting things. I mean, look, it's 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 interesting. Uh, listen, I'm a big proponent of bringing J.C. Tritter, and I would absolutely love to do that. It would be a much better situation to have him in and competing. And I've, I've heard a lot of people make comments about J.C. Tritter and say, you know, hey, well, maybe part of the reason he hasn't signed is because, you know, he doesn't want to go through training camp. He doesn't want to go through all this stuff. You were correct. That is 100% True. possible. Yeah. But you're going to tell me that he also couldn't pick up the phone, negotiate a contract, and tell them, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to become a member of your football team and I will see you at the end of training camp. I mean, that's something they could build into the contract. They, that could be negotiated out with the team. I'll be there, but I'm not doing anything until week three, until it's absolutely necessary, until it's dress rehearsal time. I'm chilling, making sure that I'm healthy. That 100% could be an agreement. Um, I don't think that's the thing that's holding it up. I think health and concern from teams about whatever they're seeing from medical is the thing that's holding it up. And what am I basing that off of? Uh, just my understanding of the situation, my understanding of what's been reported, and uh, assuming that it's not money, because there's teams that have money that could easily sign him that need center help that have not done it. 
San Francisco could make a couple of moves that don't include Jimmy Garoppolo and get this done if they wanted to. And, and what's up, Spy Nick Danger? How's it going? Welcome to chat. You know what's interesting, Alex, is, is Josh Norman last year signed with the 49ers just in week one, right? Um, and what happens when that happens is the contract becomes not guaranteed. Could the fact that J.C. Trader hasn't signed mean, and he's what he's been pushing for guaranteed money, True. could it in fact be that these teams are waiting until you get to that point so the contract's not guaranteed, could also so they that. can completely limit their risk for the 2022 season? That could be something to monitor as we go through training camp, as we go through the preseason, to see if, if a team is interested in taking him on when we get to week one. That definitely could be the case. I mean, that takes yeah. the, right. It takes a ball out of his court, takes any power that he may have, and and basically, Anta, it's like it's like a nice slow roller in a game of uh, kickball. You just right down the <laughs> middle of the plate, no bounces, just nice and easy, and yeah. letting teams hit it out of the park. It's possible. Yeah, I am worried about the Niners being interested in that situation though, because they didn't want to move on from their current offensive line when Aaron Banks got ready last year from sure. their from their own uh, you know mouths. They said Aaron Banks was ready, but we didn't want to miss out on that camaraderie. They're not going to want to do that if they feel comfortable with Brendel already. They're not going to want to switch things up. I think they saw in 2020 what happened with the chemistry of the offensive line when Brunskill was moving positions, when they had the injuries at center. When you had so, Hronis Grasso playing center. Yeah, you had Hronis Grasso, uh, which we know is going to be a better situation no matter what here. Uh, but they're definitely going to want to find guys they can count on, five guys that they can count on to line up day in and day out. I think they're really looking for that chemistry, and right now Brendel seems to be the guy. It does. It does seem that way. We'll see. Lou, I don't hate it. I, I want J.C. Trader more than anything in this, this entire world. I, I would absolutely love it because there's no part of me right now that is sitting here and can look you dead in the eye right now and be like, J.C. Trader, or not J.C. Trader, excuse me, Jake Brendel is the guy. I, there's no part of me that believes that. I hope that that ends up being the case, but I'm not going to sit here and, and stick my flag in, in that, that camp. And I'm not even going to put my, my flag or name anywhere near that camp. I'm going to sit right on the fence and watch. I'm totally fine. With, with fence sitting on the Jacob Brendel situation. I'm not taking one side of the other. I'll tell you right now. While everyone else is going to be over there watching Trey Lance, while everyone else is watching wide receivers, I'm going to be focused on the center position. I want to watch to see what happens with Brendel, what's happening with Donovan West and Keaton Sutherland. That is the matchup I'm looking for. I can't wait to break down Brendel from training camp. I'm looking so I'm looking forward to it so much. Uh, it's it's going to be fantastic, man. Always believe in yourself. Hey, we appreciate it. We do work pretty well together. We've known each other for a little bit of time. I, you know, we, we've yeah. together. We've been friends for a while. Yeah. Uh, so we appreciate that. And you're not wrong. You should hit the like button. Help help to the channel. Support us today. Subscribe if you haven't already. Um, and Ant, this whole situation with Jimmy is crazy. The whole situation with the O-line, crazy. Uh, everything that's happening around the 49ers just feels a little hectic and chaotic. And and some people I've heard go as far as to say toxic in the quarterback room. But there's other people who don't feel that way. And, and the 49ers themselves still seem very together. And Robbie Gold even coming out and making comments about Trey Lance saying he's a great leader and having a lot of confidence there. Now, now look, it's 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 your kicker. It's a in normal teams, this is just a kicker yeah. coming out and saying something which weirdly wouldn't mean anything. But it's Robbie freaking Gold, the guy that the team relies on, counts on, and values uh, very much. So they've paid him a good amount of money. He's a veteran guy who's been in the league a long time and has won games for San Francisco. So it's an opinion in the locker room that, regardless of whether you what you think of kickers and what you think about special teams play, um, he is a respected member of that team who's done a lot around the league. So him coming out and saying that. Uh, that that does lead to some credence in terms of the team kind of being able to rally around um, rally around Trey number one, but number two maybe this Jimmy Trey situation having both guys on the roster won't have the negative impact in terms of 
the team and guys believing in Trey Lance if he were to win that job. You would imagine it would be an open competition, but even if they just hand him the job, maybe there's no issue. They believe in him full full force. Yeah, I like what Robbie Gold's saying because he's talking about the locker room, and he's a significant part of this locker room as one of the veterans that's been around for a long time and done it for a long time. So he's going to understand the inner workings of this locker room, and the fact that he's saying that Trey Lance is becoming a really good leader in that locker room means he's ascending to the place that you want him to be in the locker room. That's Part of it. What happens on the field is very important because he's got to go back up yeah. what he says in that locker room and how he carries himself on that field with production. But this is the first part. You need the people to believe in you. You need those teammates to believe in you. And they're starting to. You know how I know that? Because Fred Warner came out right before he went on. There were reported that Fred Warner came out and said, that Trey Lance is ready to be quarterback one. That is a significant statement because Fred Warner doesn't say anything to just bo you know boost people up. He says what he actually means and how he feels. So I put a lot of weight behind what Fred Warner said. He believes Trey Lance is ready to lead this team. And Trey Lance, according to Robbie Gold, is convincing the people around him that he's ready to lead this team. And as long as you're getting that kind of support from your locker room, they're going to help boost him up, lift him up. And I think he can elevate to the level that we all need because let's be honest, him playing to the level of Jimmy Garoppolo means the 49ers have a chance to go to the NFC Championship game. Him playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo means they have, they have a chance to win the whole thing. Look, I, I, and this is something that I don't want to get lost. Um, a lot of people, you know, you, you say stuff like that and they go, well, he's better than Jimmy, so he'll he'll supersede that. He has to supersede it. It's like, well, listen, I, you can feel any way you want about Trey, but he has to go out and prove it. It's one thing to see the, the traits and the the ability and the capability and, and the athleticism and the arm and, and the extension of plays and be thinking to yourself, hey, this kid has already shown more than Jimmy Garoppolo has shown in five years in San Francisco. And you know what? That's fine in small doses, but it's not about what you do in a little bit of time. It's about what you do over the longevity, right? Being able to sustain that kind of production, sustain that level of play over four quarters is completely different than being able to go out on one single play and do it. That's what made Debo Samuel what he did last year so special. It wasn't that he did it in one game. It wasn't that he did it in five games spaced out, spaced out over 17 games. It was the fact that he did it every single game for four quarters for 17 games and the playoffs. That's what made it special. That's what captivated football fans that weren't even 49ers fans that were watching the 49ers and being like, who the frick is this Debo Samuel guy? What the heck is going on? Why are they riding this guy? And why can no one figure this out and stop this team? It was because you knew it was coming and you couldn't do anything anyway. That's what made it so special. That's what makes Trent Williams so special. It's game in, game out, right? You forget about the guys who do it one game and then never do it again or do it for one play and, and never do it again. Those guys get forgotten about. Those guys aren't focal pieces and, and you know faces of your franchise type players. It's guys that do it every single game when, when you're watching them and when you're not watching them, they always perform and produce. That's what Trey is trying to get to. He's trying to get to a point where he's going above and beyond because there were times where Jimmy showed up in a big way and there were times where Jimmy didn't show up in a big way and wasn't even available. So if Trey is just what Jimmy was, then, I mean, really, you have to think about it. If Trey is just what Jimmy was, you're finding yourself in an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl. And if he's what Jimmy was and more consistent, so producing in terms of what Jimmy produced, and um, the offense right. in terms of what he, limiting the turnover, staying healthy and available for the 49ers for 17 whole games and consistent about what he does on the football field and how he does it, then the Niners go from an NFC championship team to a team that can make a Super Bowl to, in my opinion, a, a team that has the odds on favorite to win a Super Bowl because you've now improved an area that everyone viewed as the weakness of the football team 
while still getting better everywhere else across the board, how can you not be the odds on favorite or in the conversation of one of the best two teams in the league? Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, you're you're making a lot of really good points, and you're right. If Trey Lance is playing up to that potential, uh, the 49ers are going to win a lot of football games, and they could be one of those you know teams that's definitely favored to win a Super Bowl. And we're getting more good questions. Uh, Mr. Day-Day comes through with another one. How do you guys feel about the rest of the interior line, not just center? I'm a little concerned. Although I do like the value, we may have gotten in some of the late picks and UFAs. Um, I will say that, you know, there are definitely question marks, and I think the center position's one, but I think you have to feel concerned a little bit about left guard as well because we just haven't seen Banks do it. Um, We haven't seen those reps yet. I think he has a lot of potential, and the things that his coaches are saying about him make me feel more comfortable. Now, I did get a barometer on what he was like, and you did too, when we saw him in person last year. So seeing him again in a week or so, um, definitely going to get an idea of where Aaron Banks is, and so that's going to be nice to see. And if he's shown a vast improvement the way his body's in, improved i'll have less questions about him at the left guard spot and as far as right guard goes i know at least we have daniel brunskill um so we have a serviceable right guard no matter what Uh, do i hope that somebody like a Jalen moore comes in there and absolutely takes that job i do because that means we've improved the position i think there are some conversation points about how strong that interior offensive line is especially at the guard positions but bank should in improve the pass blocking if he can get it down and if he's able to get to the second level and be able to make all the run blocks that he needs to make he could be an improvement eventually from lakin thompson it's not going to be right now because lakin was a a very good player but maybe banks could get there and maybe we'll get serviceable play and let's not forget the 49ers played really well you know with some interesting offensive line play in 2019 it, it wasn't even the group they had now Daniel Brunskill wasn't a starter. They had other guys starting in those positions. So Kyle Shanahan's got by with some questionable question marks at interior offensive line before. Uh, it's very true. And Big Papa wants to know, Anta, if, is it easier or harder for an offensive line to block for a quarterback that rolls out? Um, if it's a design play, if it's a design rollout, it's not hard. You understand what you're supposed to do. You have rules. Yeah, you have your rules. You have your techniques. You get to a certain spot. You understand who you're supposed to block. Now, if it's a scramble situation, it can be more difficult because you're expecting your quarterback to be in a certain position in the pocket. So once he starts moving or a play breaks down and a defensive lineman is maybe outside of you a little up the field, uh, you may hold on if he starts to take off and step up into the pocket. That creates situations where you get holds that's what happened early when trey started was the 49ers offensive line wasn't used to hey when the play breaks down and trey starts running we have to let go because jimmy's not that kind of quarterback jimmy's a pocket guy he doesn't move around a lot so that does put a little extra stress on offensive line but as you get comfortable with it you are definitely able to do it look at the niners in the 80s and the 90s with joe montana and steve young those offensive lines got used to it they'll get used to it with trey lance but it's smart of kyle shannon to have times where he moves the pocket because that is what the 49ers offensive line really does well uh, agreed uh, look they're they're very good at getting to second level they're actually great at, at moving around and blocking in yeah. space it's actually something they're successful with so you would think that rolling the pocket and design play action and boot boot stuff wouldn't actually be an issue. In fact, it may help uh, guys like Brunskill. It may help guys like McClinchy who tend to struggle. Uh, it's not going to hurt Trent Williams, who does everything absolutely fantastic, fantastic all yeah. the time. Yeah, he's just he's just amazing. Uh, Jag, at TZC, what is your opinion on why Shanahan limited the touches to Debo in the NFC Championship game? He didn't, Jag. I don't honestly believe this. We've watched the film. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Did you go back and watch any of that NFC Championship game? Yeah, I've been going back and watching all those how, games. How open is Debo Samuel in the second half? Yeah, there's situations where Jimmy Garoppolo just missed open Debo Samuel, missed open Brandon Ayuk. Um, I, I don't think they were the first read at times. I think there were times that Debo was first read, 
But when it came down to it, the Rams decided they were going to take Debo Samuel out of the equation. They were going to absolutely load the box, like Paul said. Yep. Um, and they were going to make it so the 49ers couldn't run the football and they couldn't have Debo Samuel run the football. And they were going to put all the pressure and weight on Jimmy Garoppolo's right arm. And unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't able to meet the moment. Some of that could be injury. Some of that could just be situation. But there were definitely open receivers you know, that he missed in that game. Uh, I think that Kyle Shannon made a concerted effort to get Debo Samuel the football. I just don't think it worked out. And a lot of that has to go with how the Rams played him in the second half. Uh, agreed. And, and here's the other thing, too. As a team, you have to you have to keep this in mind. Um, you can lean on one guy all you want. You can you can ride one guy all you want. Uh, you can ride him until the wheels fall off. But at some point, the wheels will fall off. Yeah. And when that happens, you have to have a backup plan. You have to have alternatives. You have to have other weapons. And the Niners do have other weapons. Um, they do have other guys that they can go to. Uh, unfortunately, in that game, it was just a matter of, of everything offensively snowballing downhill uh, away from your, your goal, right? Away from the peak, which is a Super Bowl, getting there, being able to win one, bring one back to San Francisco, you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo to get that monkey off of his back and, and show that he could be the guy and lead this team. Um, it didn't didn't happen. It all it all snowballed all snowballed away from that that desired outcome that you would push that ball up that hill to try and accomplish and get to. Um, and it all it all came crumbling down. It rolled away from you and, and got out of hand. Um, you know, it, it's a perfect scenario. How that season ended in terms of Jimmy Jimmy extending a play, creating an opportunity at the end there, putting a ball up to Jermichael Hasty that's a little high that hits Jermichael Hasty right in the hands and then falls into the lap of a, of a Rams defender is a perfect example of what the 49ers did all season execution lack of it inconsistent at times that was 2021 we're hoping that 2022 and Trey Lance looks a lot different because if it does in terms of the execution if the execution is on point from week one to week 18 then by the time you get to the playoffs this San Francisco 49ers team is going to be a hard team to stop yeah I mean I Trey Lance is definitely going to give the 49ers a little bit of a different look mm -hmm. I mean the fact that they're going to be able to take the top off means that these defenses aren't going to be able to load the box. I mean, absolutely load it horizontally. I mean, they just they came up and just said, you know what? Uh, nothing's going to happen here. You're not going to do anything in the run game. You're not going to run any quick screens. We're going to put pressure on you from the outside. And we have an understanding that you have Tom Compton out there playing right tackle, and we have a mismatch. You know, we have Bon Miller. And those situations definitely got to the 49ers. Now, the fact that Trent Williams wasn't able to hold up from his own admission because of the injury, uh, that that is something there. But Debo Samuel said from his own mouth that the Rams put the onus on the 49ers passing game to get it done and the 49ers passing game couldn't get it done in that situation. So it was just a, it was a lack of, like you said, being able to get it done when the when it mattered most and being able to execute when it, when it called for it. The 49ers are learning from that. And one of the things that's going to help is Trey Lance is going to put the fear of God in them to go down the field. Mm -hmm. They have to be willing to take shots. And Danny Gray is going to help him. Ray Ray McLeod is going to help him. And the emergence of guys like Jawan Jennings are going to make it so Debo and Brandon, you can take some more shots down the field. Uh, I think that the, some of the plays are going to be different. The offense is going to look similar at times. And then there's going to be little things that look different, that look more like what you saw with uh, Kyle Shannon when he was with Atlanta. And then a little bit of what you saw when there was RG3. I think there's going to be mixtures of his offense. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I would agree with you on that, Ant. I, I definitely would agree with you in platform. We really do appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you. Um, so look, I, here's the other question I have now. Um, Debo Samuel just had himself one heck of a year. I mean, he, he put together one incredible season and 1500 yards receiving 500 plus yards rushing, lots of touchdowns, throwing touchdowns, uh, the whole nine and uh, being an excellent kick returner in cl clutch crucial situations. He did it all. And uh, that only got him an 89 Madden rating. Yeah. So is Trey Lance going to be able to help him get it over the top? What is it going to take to get Debo Samuel to break into the 90s 
or at least be in the top 10 of the receiver category because Madden came through and did our boy dirty, gave him an 89. Now, I have some thoughts on this, but I want to hear from you. Yeah. What are you feeling about this? And what, if anything, can he do in order to finally break that 90 threshold? Yeah, this was this was noteworthy enough to make me go to Twitter and just say <laughs> that the Madden people don't watch NFL games because there's no way you can think Debo Samuel is an 89 overall. If you want to tell me he's an 89 overall receiver, We'll have a conversation. But if you want to tell me he's an 89 overall player, you didn't watch the NFL season because this guy's one of the top 10 playmakers in the entire league. I don't care if it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, whatever it is. Debo makes things happen on the field. 95 or up overall. And if it's anything less than that, I call into question every single rating you have. So Madden, you're on the clock right now. It's time to put out one of those videos where you've already moved up his ranking because this is terrible. Uh, someone get yeah, someone get Peyton Manning down there. ASAP. <laughs> Uh, get a Madden adjuster Raider down to to Santa Clara for training camp. Let's get this thing fixed. Look, this is the problem with with Madden and everything stat driven. It's numbers driven, um, and you've built a, you've built a formula and how you build players in the game based on a position that they play, and then compartmentalized rankings and different things. Um, if you watched any any of our Madden Sims from last year, if you watched any of our, during the playoffs, I did a pre-game pre Madden gameplay where we would use Debo in the backfield. If I bumped up his carry rating to 99 and moved him to running back, he fumbled. Yeah. Every single time. Madden is a flawed game that doesn't know how to build in players who have unique roles that can do a variety of different things. They just can't do it. They can't do it. It's They're incapable of building a game that has complexities, that has a little bit of gray. It's all black-white numbers. Numbers tell the story, and if you're a wide receiver with a high carry rating, you're great out in open space, receiving the ball, catching the ball in front of the line of scrimmage. But the minute you touch the ball behind the line of scrimmage and get tackled at with the line of scrimmage or just behind, you're, that, that, that football's coming out. It doesn't matter who you are as a player. Yeah. That's that's how they break it down. That's how they do it. Um, it's, it's a flawed game with a flawed concept. Now, if he ends up being an 89 overall as a, as a wide receiver, Ant, you can put him in at running back and he's an 89 and doesn't fumble, doesn't fumble the football, then this isn't as detrimental of a situation. The only problem is he's not an 89. He, he's not a mid-tier running back. He's not a mid-tier wide receiver. He's a top-tier wide receiver and a top-tier running back. And that makes your point. That's the thing that sends it home because there's an argument to be made that Debo Samuel is one of the best running backs in the NFL running backs in the NFL. And if he's one of the best running backs in the NFL and one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, if he's top 10 in both categories, he can't be an 89. Madden, <laughs> come on. Well, and I think it brings into question, Alex, what is going on with these contract talks? Because if That's I'm true. Debo Samuel, I'm making the same pitch. Look, I'm a top 10 wide receiver. Yep. And I, if I'm him, I'm saying top five. I'm a top five wide receiver and I'm a top five running back. And you think you're going to get me for $22 million? No. Uh, uh, uh. You're going to pay me all the money that I need to get. And I think that is part of the thing that he's trying to figure out right now is where that money comes in, all the while knowing that if he's only going to get paid to play wide receiver, he only wants to play wide receiver. True. He doesn't want to play running back. And to get him to play that extra wide back role, you better throw him a little bit of extra cash. Uh, Big Papa, we did. We would watch those Madden simulations, uh, and then we'd also I uh, had a, on Patreon. If you're over on Patreon or your channel member here, uh, then you know, we had a Madden league and, and a Madden playthrough. There was a lot of Madden stuff over on Patreon, uh, and then yeah, we did we did do the Madden Sims as well over here. Uh, now the Madden Sims is a little harder to force uh, Madden to run plays with Debo in the backfield. We would sub packages and stuff, but uh, 
Uh, unfortunately, Madden doesn't. It, it, it's just it's bad. But you're right about this. It, uh, he has to make those arguments, um, right? You're going to go in there and oversell yourself yeah. to your team, your, your organization. You're not going to go in and be realistic about, hey, listen, I was top seven in statistically, but the reality is, guys, is I'm probably a top ten wide receiver. I know I'm not the greatest route runner. No, you're going to go in there and say, listen, I was top seven. That was only because you had me running the football. I'm a top three wide receiver. I was, you know, second in receiving yards and receptions behind Cooper Cup for most of the year until you guys stuck me back there as a running back. And then once I got back there. I showed you I'm one of the best five running backs in all of football. You know, blah, 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 blah. You're going to make them go, look, the reality is this is what you are. You're going to make them talk it down, and then you're going to try and come to a number between. That number for Debo doesn't want to be anywhere near 20. You want that number closer to 30. And if you're the Niners, you obviously want that thing closer to 20. I mean, the reality is 25 is probably where you want to be and where it's going to end up being. The question is, is what kind of finagling do you do to get there? That's all that's left. So Prague Marath is going to have a lot of things that he's going to be doing. He is the mastermind that's going to get this thing done. Uh, and listen, you can feel like whatever way you want about Prague Ant and, and all the, the cap gymnastics and all that other stuff. At the end of the day, this deal is going to make the most amount of sense for San Francisco. It's going to be the best deal that, that Debo can get somewhere that knows how to utilize him. That's actually puts value to his dollar. So he can go anywhere else and not get utilized the same. And in a couple of years, people will be like, he's overpaid. He couldn't do it, yada, yada, yada. In San Francisco, his production is going to stay high. The number is going to stay high. And the production is going to equal, if not supersede, the value of his contract. And Mr. Day-Day says, what are you guys expecting from the defense this year? Mm-hmm. Um, I expect this defense to be top five. They and in fact, be. if Jason Verrett is healthy and they figure out the safety position opposite of Jimmy Ward, I'm going to say this is going to be a top three defense in the NFL. This defense could be absolutely ridiculous. With that cornerback group of, you know, Verrett, Mosley, and Charvarius Ward, I mean, you have three guys that can absolutely lock it down. You throw in the fact that Jimmy Ward, and let's hope it's Talanoa Funga or Tarverius Moore, whoever wins that competition, is playing at a Jaquiski Tart or better rate if that happens. With this linebacker group, with a defensive line rotation, is absolutely one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're going to cause all kinds of problems. I think D'Amico Rines is going to be better in year two as a defensive coordinator. I think sky's the limit for this group. Uh, it's true. Uh, it, it true. It's very, very true. The, the sky's the limit for the defense. They have talent all across the board. They're deeper than they've ever been. The weakness of the team was was addressed and fixed in the offseason. You also went and drafted a couple more guys to add even more depth, and now you have guys who you drafted last year to plug holes that may not even be hole pluggers for this defense anymore, maybe off the roster or on the practice squad or in another uniform uh, by the end of training camp. I mean, that, that is entirely a possibility. The only question that remains on the defense is the safety opposite of Jimmy Ward. And listen, I think most 49ers fans love Talanoa Fonger and feel he's going to fill that role nicely. So at the end of the day, if you're not setting the bar high for this defense, then you don't think this team's going to do well this year. I mean, that that's the thing I truly think, because the defense right now seems like the strength. It seems like the thing that there's no no to very little questions about. And for me, that means you better be top five to start the year off. You better be playing like a top five defense. And by the time we get to the midway point of the season, if you're still healthy, you better be one of the best defenses in football. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of the top defenses. I really do. I mean, when you have premier pass rushers uh, like Nick Bosa, it just makes everyone better on your football team. And then you have an all-pro in Fred Warner in the middle linebacker spot. This defense is built top to bottom. You know, Kyle Shannon and John Lynch have done a very good job of putting together a unit that has a lot of versatility and is able to get after the quarterback. And whenever you do that, whenever you can get after the quarterback, it makes things a little bit easier. And we know the 49ers, if they can get to third and long situations, they know they have an absolute closer, Nick Bosa. And what they've done is put a lot of setup guys around him, guys that can go get it done. If you pay too much attention to Bosa, 
everyone else is going to wreak havoc on your offense. Um, so I think that I really like what they've done and what they've put together. And I'm excited about this defense. I think it's going to be one of the best ones in the league. I think we're going to be able to hang our hat on them, you know, going in there and shutting down some of these teams. And we might be a part of some games where the defense is the reason that we won the game. Uh, very true, Ant. Very true. Luckily for Great One Ant, I know that he meant $108 million and not $108 and $68 million guaranteed and not $68. Uh, so that's that great one. I would love for $108 and 68 guaranteed. I would love that. Be terrible. To but yeah, that's thing. exactly what great one means. 108 yeah. million and 68 guaranteed. And I don't think great one's that far off. If you add that to the end of his rookie contract. No, it's, it's about what, what that number is, is going to be. Uh, Marvin is seeing Bosa with a hundred, with 15 sacks. Excuse me. I went, I went down one more after that, a 15 sacks. And Brad Jones is saying, does Armstead get kicked back outside at all? Or is his, or wait, are, I think he's saying, is he an inside player? Or is he an inside player from here on out? Yeah, he's he's an inside player. Yeah, I think so. I think they want him to be an inside guy. And the fact that they loaded up on so many other edge rushers. I think that signals it. They got like nine edge rushers on the team right now. Some people would argue too many. Yeah, they're going to have to whittle that down to seven, maybe six, depending on how they constitute the D-line. Is it seven and four? Is it six and five? That's one of the questions that has to be figured out during training camp. But... I think he's gonna. I think he's found his home on the inside, and I think that's where he's gonna make his money for his next contract. Because yeah. if he's able to stop the run and then get anywhere near eight to nine sacks from the interior defensive line spot, not only will be he start to be a perennial Pro Bowler from that spot, but I think he'll definitely be a reason why the 49ers are not only able to stop the run but get after the quarterback. Will people then start saying Buckner who? I don't think they'll ever say Buckner who, but what they will start to say is, hey, the 49ers you know, went ahead and made a good decision because an Armstead-Bosa grouping does make a lot of sense. And he was actually a little bit cheaper than Buckner for a little bit. I mean, their money is pretty comparable. Uh, right. It's just you had one guy in the last year of his contract and one guy with a lot of trade value. True. They took the trade value, and now <clears throat> Armstead's proven. I mean, if you watch the in-stretch run and you go into those playoffs again, Armstead was an absolute problem. It's a monster. Uh, it, it's, it's fun to watch. His moves are ridiculous. One-on-one, he's absolutely going to dominate guards in this league. Yep, and I absolutely love it. I'm all for it. And uh, David Robbins said four years, $112 million, $75 million guaranteed. So if we were playing a game of Price is Right, uh, David just came in slightly above great one there. And now there's not a lot of wiggle room, so we'll see which one he ends up being right and winning the showcase showdown. Uh, so we'll find $1. out. $1. $1, not even enough. Uh, Jag with a $2 super chat at TCC, in your opinion. Is it Hufanga's job to lose? I think the way that they framed it, it sounds like it's Hufanga's job to lose. I wonder if that's the actual way that the coaches feel right now. I think when you go into camp, a lot of times you understand who's going to take first team reps, but you keep in mind that the guy behind him looks a certain way. So I think that Tarverius Moore is going to get second team snaps, but I think they're going to keep an eye on it. And for any reason, he starts playing above Talanoa Fonga's level or even equal to the the amount of snaps is going to change a little bit. Um, so I think that they're going with the mindset how Ufonga looks like the guy, but they're going to keep in mind that Odom and Tarverius Moore have an opportunity to go get this job. Damn it, man. That's what you do as a coach, right? You build a roster. You have guys. When guys leave, go away, get traded, transfer schools, where, at whatever level you're, you're coaching at, right? Professional level, they're going away in free agency. You trade them college level they transfer or you know they graduate high school same sort of thing graduate transfer get injured whatever it is you have a spot there and, and there's guys you have the year before that you feel good about and there's guys that you don't feel good about but you come in the next year with a clean slate and hey someone's gonna have to prove it someone's gonna have an edge up and i think hufanga is the guy who has the edge up at the moment but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's your job it means it's your job to prove it so, so for for in that case jag you might be sitting there going well yeah it's it's his job to lose 
Possibly. The question is, though, is where did they what did they feel about Tavares Moore beforehand? Because you and I both thought that maybe they were very high on Tavares Moore, and this was going to be a wait and sit year for Talanoa Hufanga, and Tavares Moore was going to be pushing Tart for that starting job last season before said injury happened. If they were that high on Tavares Moore, then other than the injury, what's changed? Just the injury. So it's just a matter of if he's healthy. If he's healthy, then he's going to go and elevate right back to where he was when he left. And that means it's an open competition. And it's both guys' job to win and no one's to lose. Yeah. I mean, when you're a coach, what you try to do is figure out how to get your best players on the field at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, so you could come into situations where you have all three of those guys on the field at the same time. Accurate. Uh, whenever you you build a roster, you get a team. You're just trying to get the most people out there that can make plays for your football team. And they already know what Tavarius Moore can do. I'm sure they feel very comfortable with him. They bring in Odom as well. The one good thing about Odom, he's an excellent tackler. You know that already. Hufong is a really good tackler. You know that. Tavarius Moore, that's an area he needs to improve a little bit. Um, but he's going to have the most range out of any of these safeties. Maybe even Jimmy Ward. He has more range as a 4-3 guy. That's something to keep in mind as you're watching this battle. So I'm interested what happens on third down. Could we see situations where they pull Hufanga into the box on third down and they have Tarverius more play over the top? They could do that. They could also pull Talano Hufanga off the field on third down, sure. play more over the top, and then let Jimmy Ward go match up on somebody in a dime look. I think those are all probabilities. And with the amount of defensive backs, especially cornerbacks, they can add extra corners and get extra coverage on the field because Verrett, Mosley, Tarverius Ward, and Ombre Thomas can all tackle, yep. which means that your secondary can make plays in the open field if you need it uh very true a great one just said top three defense and top five offense and Love it. let me let me ask you something which is more likely a top three defense or a top five offense for the 49 uh top three defense is more likely than a top five offense i i think the offense has a lot of potential i'm not ready to put them top five yet i think we got question marks you know how they're going to use ray ray mcleod how they're going to use danny gray uh, the question marks along the offensive line of how these guys are going to work together and also you have a, a young quarterback who's only played two and a half you know games in this league. I think mm -hmm. he has to show, do I think they have potential to play at that level? Yes, uh, but they're going to have to prove it, and they're going to have to get better and better as this year goes on. So I wouldn't put them the most likely to be a top five offense, but I sure as heck would love it. I would love it. Um, I'm going to say something great one in TCC people that you may not like. Expect the top 15 offense. That's what you need to expect this year. I mean, in all honesty, if you're expecting anything more than a top 15 offense, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. If you expect a top 15 offense and Trey Lance does better than that, he does better than a top half of the league, that's not saying that Trey Lance won't do good. It's not what I'm saying. Because if he throws for 3,900 yards and we rush for 1,000 yards, you could very easily end up with a top 15 offense. I mean, it's just that simple. That's, that's what you could end up with. What I'm saying is, is Jimmy Garoppolo has shown that if you're a middle-of-the-road quarterback operating an offense that is producing middle-of-the-road, like this past season it was a middle-of-the-road producing offense, then you can still get to an NFC Championship game to get to a Super Bowl. Now, 2019 was a little bit of an outlier because the offense had some explosive days and some explosive numbers, and that's great. And you're hoping that Trey can lean more towards that, that version of Jimmy, than the version we've seen the last couple of years. But until I see Trey go out and do things consistently, I'm not going to set a ridiculous bar. I'm really not. The bar is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what the bar is for me. If he's Jimmy Garoppolo, then it was the right decision right now to make the move to Trey Lance. And if he's anything more than Jimmy Garoppolo then it's a home run. Like we, we, We're going to run through teams, and it's going to be absolutely glorious. But he didn't beat out Jimmy last year. It's the reality. At the end of the season, when Jimmy was hampered and injured, you stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you didn't pull the trigger and move to Trey Lance. So until Trey shows me he is more than that, that's what my bar and expectation is. If the Niners are a top 15 offense this year, 
then absolutely fantastic. You're going to have a top three defense. You're going to be a team that's right there at the end of the season in an NFC championship game with a chance to go to a Super Bowl. And if he's more than that, if this offense is better than top 15, then this is a team that has a chance to not only win the Super Bowl, Ant, but be great for the next five to six years. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, I mean, you could look at, you know, top 15 and, and think that that's the bar. But I think there's certain situations and metrics that you have to look at that if the 49ers offense is playing those type of things better then they have a better chance. Right. Converting on third down. If their third down conversion rate is really high, then this offense is going to be good enough to win a championship. If their red zone efficiency is really high, True. then this team is going to have an opportunity to win a championship. It's less about being ranked 15, about yards and all that stuff and more or about converting certain things that are going to help that defense number one be better but it's also going to help this offense be able to stay on the field and guess what that's what they're building they've got tdp they've got elijah mitchell they've got trey sermon big physical running backs that are going to turn out five six yard carries and move you know down the field you know methodically i think that is what they're trying to do i think they're trying to limit the amount of snaps opposing offenses are able to run and they're going to need to be efficient on third down because there's going to be a lot of third and twos third and threes that trey lance is going to have to pull the trigger either on an rpo or he's going to have to run some sort of read option or they're just going to give the ball to one of these guys and expect him to go get it so converting those plays is the most important thing for this offense I could care less about top 15, top five, top 20, just be really good in those type of categories. And I think the Niners will be good. Look, I, th I think too, the, the thing that to keep in mind too, is I think a lot of people think Trey Lance shift to Trey Lance means more of what we've seen from the bills, more of what we've seen from the, the chiefs, like right. High powered offense and high powered offense, lots of throws, yeah. tons of stuff. And the reality is, is that's, that's not, that's, that's not going to happen. Are there going to be more deep throws? Absolutely. Yep. Are there going to be more big plays than ever before? Absolutely. Because you have Kyle Shanahan, a great run game, and, and a schemer. A guy who likes to scheme guys open, scheme situations. So you're going to see more big plays than we've seen in the Jimmy Garoppolo era. Maybe more akin to what we saw when Jimmy first came to San Francisco before the ACL injury. Because there were actually a lot of big plays when he first came in yeah. those first five games. He took a lot of shots downfield because he had something to prove. And then the injury happened and less to prove and more of showing he could be a stable quarterback who could operate your system. So there are going to be more, more big plays and, you know, big opportunities and home runs and things of that nature. But this isn't going to go hog wild, especially not right now. This is still going to be a run first offense and that relies on their defense and is trying to be different. They're not trying to be like every other team in the NFL. They're trying to break the mold, not be a part of the mold. The mold is lots of offense. Tons of scoring, throw, 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 throw. In the case of the Bills, and throw so much that your running game is non-existent. The Niners aren't that. They're not trying to be that. It's not about throwing the ball 50 times a game. It's not about throwing for 700 yards, you know, over a game and a half. Like, you know, literally one game and then halfway through the next, you're already at 700 yards. They're not trying to do that. They're trying to be a team that controls the game, controls the flow, controls tempo, doesn't let other opposing offenses get on the field and establish a rhythm, and all the while have rhythm themselves that they can like you said, methodically move down the field, chunk plays out, and when you take a chance, when you take a risk, when you get a little too aggressive trying to stop the run game, now we make you pay, and then the next time out, you go right back to sitting back knowing that you have to cover deep, and oh, we'll go right back to chunking plays out again. Yeah, it's a conundrum that I think the NFL faces. You know, do you go with the times and everyone goes with a wide open offense, you know, with a lot of wide receivers, and then you build your defense accordingly? But if you have a team that's an outlier, that's building on, you know, a impressive run game, a physical style of play, 
then it makes it harder to play defense because you're preparing for these other, you know, 31 teams that are all about spreading the, the you know, spreading you out and throwing the ball all over the place. And then this, this team packs it in, brings it in really tight, and then makes you stop the run. So you have to commit to that. If they now have the opportunity when you commit to stopping the run because you don't really have the personnel set for it, to be able to strike down the field, that's when it puts you in a really bad situation. So if you're an NFC West team, do you prepare for beating the San Francisco 49ers or do you prepare for beating everyone in the NFL? Because I think right now the 49ers are built different than everyone else. Do they have the ability to spread you out and throw the football around? Of course they do. But do they have the ability to throw it or run it right down your throat? Absolutely. And that's the problem. You see the way these teams are built. It's with secondary players. Uh, so I think this is going to be a fun one to watch. And that Kyle Shanahan reads the, the tea leaves of what the NFL is doing. And he's course corrected a little bit. This is not different than what his dad did in the 90s. You know, with those Broncos teams, the league was going to more of a wide open offense. And he said, you know what, let's start having some 2000 yard running, uh, 2000 yard rushing running backs. And he just changed the game again. So I think this is what Kyle's going to go to. Uh, agreed. And Brad, do you, do you guys think the Nikhil Harry trade to the Bears is going to make us rethink how week one is going to go? No. 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 I, I don't even think that Nikhil Harry gets not even a shot at I don't even think Harry. he gets carried, uh, covered by Trevor's Ward. I think they literally go out there and be like, you know what? Whoever's on him is on him. So if it's Dre Greenlaw, it's Dre Greenlaw? Uh, I, I, I mean, Nikhil Harry's speed is nothing to be scared about. Um, he's a possession receiver. But, I mean, he definitely has not proven to be a, a hot commodity in the NFL. I liked him coming out of Arizona State. Loved him coming out of Arizona State. But you State. can see the speed difference between him and other players. There's just lack of separation. It's it's the Kevin White effect all over again, man. It is. I mean, he had all the talent in the world. He was fast coming out of college. He's had injuries. Um, it just has not translated. Yeah, you're right. It really hasn't. It's a shame. It truly is a shame. But, no, uh, not worried about uh, Nikhil Harry. No. At, no, not even, not even a little bit. I haven't even, you know. Had nightmares. Uh, here's here's what I'll tell you. This is this what I'll tell you. Every time the Patriots trade somebody away, Megan gets upset because it's Belichick doing Belichick things. When Nikhil Harry got traded, she literally looked at me and goes, oh, I thought they cut. We thought we cut him already. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, yikes. Yeah. Yikes. And Mike Kenny has a nice comment here. He says, Trey's mobility is largely about multiple launch points. Keeps defenders from shading defender uh, from shading receivers. Jimmy had a great release, but from only one spot, sets up interceptions. Hmm. I mean, I don't think that's a bad a bad point because Jimmy Garoppolo's release was definitely set from having his or he needed to have his feet set in the pocket True. to be able to release. When he got on the move, you could tell there was less lower body into the throws, which we know Jimmy Garoppolo throwing beyond twenty yards without his lower body or lower half True. being involved in the throw let it float a little bit. Um, so those are situations that interception against Green Bay where he's trying to get it to Kittle in the goal line, a perfect situation. A healthy Jimmy Garoppolo from twenty seventeen probably would have made that throw for a touchdown. Trey Lance would have made that throw for a touchdown because they have a cannon. But Jimmy just wasn't, you know, in that situation, especially injured shoulder, injured injured thumb. Um, he's not going to make that throw. But I think that's a good point because Trey is going to be able to make those throws yep. in, in those situations. I like that. I like that, I yeah. like that Kenny. Uh, that's a, that's a very good. That's a very good point. Um, and listen, you, you, what you said about Jimmy Garoppolo, twenty seventeen, we saw him make a throw similar yeah. similar to that. I mean, I I saw him against the Minnesota Vikings and almost gets smashed in the pocket. Backpedals, rolls out to his left, throws a little bit semi across his body. To the Catman in the back yeah. of the end zone. It was a beautiful throw. Yeah. And placement was great. Put it where either his guy's getting it or it's sailing out of the back of the end zone. You live to fight another day. Jimmy has done it. Jimmy hasn't really done it consistently since the injury. Yeah. Um, that's part of the reason you've, you've made the move to, to Trey's. Jimmy hasn't been healthy. His body has sort of betrayed him at times. And if he can't be the best version of himself, then you have to find a guy who can be the 
similar to what the best version of Jimmy Garoppolo was and hopefully better. Yeah, I agree. And Traffic says if 49ers can't cover Nikhil, we got bigger problems with Metcalf and Cup in our division there's and no D-Hop way. when it comes back. Traffic, there's no way. For, yeah, the, well, for every reason you just said, yeah, there's no way. Traffic is spot on on this. They're going to be able to cover Nikhil Harry. And in fact, if you go back to the Green Bay game, when they, and I, I can't remember who it was, so I, can, I wish I could give them credit on Twitter, um, really brought this up, is when the 49ers went away from doubling Devontae Adams is when they started shutting down the Green Bay def- mm-hmm. or Green Bay offense. I, I apologize that I'm not able to give the person credit. It could have been uh, you know, Jordan Elliott or one of those guys, but somebody put it up. It was fantastic. So if you get a chance, go check that out. It was a nice breakdown. Um, but yeah, that, that's 100% right. When the 49ers played one-on-one, and I think that's the reason they got Charvarius Ward, yep. uh, that is when they really played well. And I think that's going to give them a lot of flexibility on defense this year. I'm excited about it. Well, it's one of those things, too, by by playing one-on-one, Ant, you, you are able to focus on taking away other strengths of teams. So a team like Green Bay, one of the strengths was Aaron Rodgers being able to operate, see things, get the ball out quickly. Well, when you're doubling Devontae Adams, you can get the ball out quickly. Yeah. Because you're occupied in space on one guy. The minute you can go man-to-man, one-on-one across the board and take away a variety of things, well, now Rodgers has to read. He doesn't have the chance to get the ball out quickly. He's having to think and make a decision. And that O-line wasn't necessarily the greatest in Green Bay, which means pressure, hands in his face, guys on him. And that was the shift that we saw from, from early in the season to then. Is there was a heavy emphasis in that Green Bay game week three last year of doubling Devontae Adams the whole game. He had bracket coverage the whole game, and sometimes it didn't even matter that there was bracket coverage. The next time around, the next time you face, not the case. Yeah, you're right. You know, uh, they, they definitely change it up, and D'Amico Ryan's learns a lot. You know, and yeah. I think he's going to continue to learn. I think he learned how to play against the teams in the NFC West. I'm curious what kind of game plans they come up for those guys. And here we are, Alex. We're almost. It's almost time for training camp. It's almost time for the football season to start. <clears throat> August 12th is the first preseason game. It's just around the corner. And before we know it, we'll be ready for that. You know, second weekend of September and the games start rolling. Uh, very, very true. And, and let's not forget it. Let's not also forget that Trey Sermon apparently working out with Dalvin Cook. You would let me know this, and I've been trying to find anything on this, and I wasn't able to find it. What is happening with this? Sermon is spending time with Dalvin? Yeah, so Trey Sermon is working out with uh, some running backs, and one of them including Dalvin Cook, you know, to get his game down. And the reason that is notable is Dalvin Cook's run style is exactly what you need to do in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, It's a one-cut-and-go. He's perfectly built for that scheme. So Trey Sermon working with him uh, made me feel a lot more comfortable with Trey Sermon, and and, and maybe Sermon is going to be better this year. Uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the work ethic of him working with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, I've been a fan of his since he was at Florida State, of course, and I think that he's a good one for Trey Sermon to work with. So I'm getting optimistic about Trey Sermon this year, Alex. I'm getting excited. Could we have a three-headed monster at running back with Jeff Wilson Jr. taking care of the third down back? I'll wait to see it. <laughs> Sorry, Trey. Can't give you any love. Sermon. Trey Sermon, not Trey Lance, folks. Yeah. Uh, Trey Sermon. Can't give you any love until I uh, see it, my guy. Because I, I, what I saw last year just doesn't do it for me, man. I, I, I can't wait to see him in camp. I can't wait. I'm excited about camp. I am actually excited. And traffic, yes. Um, I won't be attending as many days as I did last year, but we will be going to camp this year. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I can't wait to get out to camp. And so every time I can get out there, I'll be out there. I'll be watching. And then we'll have, you know, camp shows where we can talk about what happened at training camp. This is one of the ones I'm most excited about because there's a lot of position battles that need to be determined. And Brad Jones says crossing channels a little bit, but Chapman did a best win in the Shanahan era. Wondering what is your favorite win since Kyle's arrived? 
Man, there's a lot of those. Yeah. There's a lot of those. I'm going to go my favorite because I did see some of the conversation about Chapman. I'm actually going to listen to that episode at some point. Um, my favorite one is the Seattle 2019 one. It, it was it, Dre Greenlaw Dude. stopping him on the goal yeah, line. You got glorious. Ding Dong, the witch is dead. He beats, you know, they beat Russell Wilson. They secure that number one spot. I think mm-hmm. at the moment it was so big. There, uh, the argument has been possibly that it was last year, week 18 against the Rams. That, you know, that was playoffs too. on the line. Uh, but the Seattle one's so big because when it comes down to it, Seattle has been the nemesis or the 49ers since, you know, the early 2000s. So. Uh, it's true. And, and all of those, all of those things right there are, a hundred percent uh hundred percent accurate and just horror i mean it's just it's it, it's just hard it's hard to narrow down one team yeah it's hard to narrow down one time um uh, man if i had to uh i had to pick one man it's hard because i also want to go with that saints win that saints win was lights yeah. out in terms of play calling rich from is Kyle agreeing Shanahan. with you i mean that new orleans game rich <clears throat> really think about it we had a, we had a Emmanuel Sanders touchdown throw. Mm-hmm. We had a Kyle Juszczyk triple it, option. It's bitch. a good one. I mean, he, he pulled out all of the stops in that game offensively, and in a game that was supposed to be your defense stifling the Saints' offense in their own building, you went out and dropped almost fifty on the Saints in their building, and Jimmy Garoppolo outduels Drew Brees. In a, in a big game at a time where both teams are trying to be the, the number one seed and hold on to that. that I mean, that was that was a huge win at that point of the season when a lot of people had, I, I know you and I in our predictions had picked the Niners to, I think, lose that football game or win. I can't even remember at this point. I think we might have picked them to win, but a lot of yeah. people thought they were going to lose that football yeah. game, especially at that point with how the Saints were playing. The Niners, you know, were red freaking hot. And it's like, oh, yeah, the, the other shoe's got to drop at some point. And it just didn't. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yeah, Green Bay 2021. 20, that's a great one, too. You know, I just rewatched that it one. Is. That was fantastic. Uh, there, There's a lot of really good games in the Kyle Shannon era. I think we can all be happy about that. Shoot, you, and, can, you can go back to the bad days. When, yeah. I mean, that Raiders win. Oh, when yeah. Nick Mullins was football. a great win. I, I think that's the good thing, right? When you're you're in competition to be one of the best, uh, when you have you can compete you know week in and week out the way Kyle Shannon is brought to this organization, then you start having good moments. Yeah. Uh, and I think Kyle yeah. Shannon and his team has brought a lot of them. And I'm hoping we're going to get some more this season because I do think they have the potential to have a really you know good football team in all three phases. And maybe they could go out there and, and create some real damage and get to the playoffs again. Uh, it's crazy because it seems like the season goes by so fast when we get there. Mm-hmm. And then the wait is just so long. I, I can't wait for the season to start. I'm excited about it. You know, it. I want to pitch one more game before we go off air. Okay. Yeah, back in, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's 27. It's Jimmy Garoppolo's first year. Okay. It's the it's the, it's the the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, game. yeah. I love that game. At home. The number one defense in the league, Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jimmy Garoppolo having like, what, three or four weeks in San Francisco? Yeah. I mean, he, he's been here for a handful of days, and you go out and beat the hottest team in the AFC at that time when, when you had one jack diddly squat all. They talk about a, an incredible win that set the foundation, sound the foundation literally for your team going forward. I mean, that's huge, too. Yeah, that was a big one, and that was one of those ones where Jacksonville had already printed the shirts about them winning the division, mm-hmm. and they were, like, boasting about how they were going to, you know, clinch against the 49ers, and the 49ers went out there and absolutely handled the business. In fact, got out to a really big lead in that nice. game. That is a fun one to watch. In fact, if you just need time, go back and watch the 2019 highlight videos on YouTube. Oh, Those are absolutely exciting. Glorious. Oh, I love it. It's it's great. Boy, especially when we get to the playoffs. You get to the playoffs, you get to that Green Bay playoff game and all of the wide open runs. It's 
And and Brad Jones says this right before we, before we go off. Calling it now, favorite win of 2020 is going to be week three against the Broncos. Agree to disagree, because I believe it's going to be in February when we win the Super Bowl. Oh, Let's go. Bingo, bingo. But I do like that game. That's going to be a good yeah. game. I mean, it's Russell Ding Wilson. dong, the witch is exactly. dead Exactly. Witch is dead again. That's what we're all hoping for. <laughs> TCC, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell if you haven't done so already, so that way you don't miss news videos. You don't miss live streams. You don't miss up updates. Breaking news comes our way. We will bring it to you. You don't want to miss any of that. Best ways to hit that notification bell and uh, subscribe. Subscribe. Be a, be a channel member as well if you like extra additional content. Tons of stuff over on Patreon so you can support us here on YouTube. It's best if you support us over on Patreon because of YouTube and some of the stuff that they do, but it's fine. It's a lot easier here so you can join here or over on Patreon, get additional content, additional creative things, and whether that's hit or miss, a, a nice musical 49ers content to... Uh, it, it, it's 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 a hit or it's a miss for some people. Uh, most episodes for me are a hit when I'm watching them. They're mm -hmm. absolutely glorious and fantastic. Or maybe you want to go offsides a little bit, slightly offsides with Ant and Horst. That's a lot of fun as well. Yeah, there's some stuff over there, and I didn't get to put up my rumors episode, Alex. I no, I, I know. Oh man, I was I was wondering. It didn't go up, and I was like, well, it's just this stuff going on. It's maybe it's that. yeah. Then, I, yeah, I, I got six. So I'm gonna have to drop that, you know, and. Uh, uh, we had a couple new patrons over the weekend, so welcome to Patreon. Well, thanks, and so it's going to be fun. I'm going to, I'll put the, I promise I'm going to put the rumors one up there. It'll either be today or tomorrow. I'm going to get that thing up because I, I do want everyone, I promised it. And then, uh, yeah, I just felt like poo. A little, so that's a little, the best it's the best way to describe it because i didn't feel good yikes uh, we don't want we don't like the poo <laughs> feeling and so i'm glad yeah. you're not i'm glad you're not feeling like that now that's no. the good news feeling better and, uh, you know we'll get the rumors episode uh, soon then so that, that's that's great news for the tcc and all of our patreon members so yeah get excited about that uh tcc though this was a lot of fun it was uh lots of things that we got to talk about if you missed it just head on back over and you can start from the very beginning of this uh this live stream and uh, find out all the news updates, all the 49ers rumors, the Jimmy Garoppolo swirling rumors, and the rumor wheel really starting to kick into high gear. We'll see if anything happens with that. Uh, but cut back crew until the next one. Stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way. 49ersCutbackShop.com.